T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We'll have Steve Geller join us at 544, triple option. A lot of Saints news, but today it's the NFL draft for college football. National Signing Day, the one in December where basically about 85% of the college signees sign up. Bob, before 1230. Show how efficient this was with LSU. They had 27 commitments. All 27 were signed before 1230 today. Well, and uh, a lot I don't of, ever remember that happening. No, yeah, yeah. It would be strung out or, uh, you know, a lot of Louisiana flavor. Uh, when you think uh, Coach Kelly uh, taking care of business and from the state of Louisiana. And I always would say this. Uh, I think it's not every year, but year in and year out, or almost year in and year out, you have the quality players in Louisiana. And then right on your, uh, your doorstep is Texas. And you always get a handful of Texans. And, you know, you can recruit because you are LSU in the deep south. Seems like they always have a Georgia player. And, uh, you know, Florida seems like they would be in the mix. But, Mike, the one player I was kind of intrigued with, because we were talking about this last night, uh, was the guy Curtis, what's his first name, from USC, uh, that went to uh, – Tackett. U- yeah, Tackett. Yeah, Tackett Curtis. From but then, Manning. But then I'm looking. But you, you, you know the family. Yeah, yeah. But how would this all of a sudden they get another Manny linebacker, uh, Tylen Singleton from Manny? So I thought that was interesting. So uh, now he's 6'1", six one, six one, basically 210. And uh, inside linebacker, that's kind of light. That's like a big, uh, could be a big, strong safety. But I guess obviously. In today's world, yeah, well, I want uh, how you, you to run. cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's a tight end, if it's a running back, sometimes even a receiver. Um, those six foot three, 235-pound guys, they play in defensive end. They're not playing linebacker anymore. The interesting guy for me uh, defensively uh, is Xavier Atkins, uh, who's from Summer Creek. Uh, in we Texas. Ta- yeah, we talked a yep. little bit about Texas, yep. uh, with him with uh, Scott Shanley. Scott saw him, and so did I. And he was like, Mike, who does he remind you of? And he said, I'm going to tell you, Debo. He said he reminds me of Debo when he was at LSU and how good a player Debo was, Debo Jones was, uh, with uh, – Atlanta before the injuries started to take well, a toll on him. That means he can run. Man, he can <laughs> run big time. So, um, and Mike, look at him inside linebacker, six foot, one hundred ninety four. Again, how you got to pass coverage, and you know they'll get you stronger and put weight on you. But again, it's not like uh, Von Johnson 
uh, type linebackers. Uh, you None know. of them. Okay, because yeah. Tylen six one two ten, Kalaje Cobbins, uh, who's from Destrehan, everybody calls him Tut. He's six foot two and a half, two hundred pounds. Uh, uh, Davon Keys. Uh, from Aldato High School in Texas, he's six foot two fifteen. Xavier Atkins six foot two hundred. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they got that means that they can run and they will, like I said, beef them up uh, when they come on board. Now, Mike, they got another um, <clears throat> right in our backyard uh, where you know in t- Terrebonne High School. Uh, you know uh, Mason Smith, that's where he went to high school. But, Colin uh, Billiot. Uh, Colin Billiot. Now, uh, now that uh, you ca- you can't. You know, you can get stronger and all that, uh, and how much you're going to grow if you're late bloom or whatever. But he's already 6'3", and basically 190. So uh, Physically, Bob, he reminds me a lot of uh, Kyron Lacey when he came out of Thibodeau. They both built similar, a very, very similar build. And uh, Kyron's, uh, he may be a touch under 6'3", but they both kind of built the same way, long, lengthy guys that can get up the field and fast. Well, the, uh, now, is this the Harold Carmichael of high school receivers right in LSU's backyard from Zachary, Trey Daz Green? Now, Mike, 6'7", 225. I actually watched some of that high school playoffs on TV in the Dome, and I said, man, that dude's way bigger than everybody. He's, and, a, tight, <laughs> he's a wide receiver playing tight end. He's yeah. not super fast. But, but a big target. Big target size, his length. And, Bob, he's such a smooth route runner. And can you overthrow him? Okay? <laughs> he's a mismatch for anybody you go up against. I think he is going to have a pretty quick impact for LSU. Man, he knows what to do uh, in getting into and out of a cut and a break and running routes. So, uh, Trey Daz Green is a guy. He could have went anywhere in the country. Everybody wanted right, him. Right, right. Oh, yeah, you could see his fr- – no, he looked uh, just from a physical standpoint, uh, a point, you watch him in a high school game, he looks like uh, like a pro going against high school kids because he's so – his physical presence, when you look at him. Mike, one thing I'd have to say is that uh, – and this is, you know, with Coach Kelly, uh, this kind of a tradition going back to Notre Dame, what's your wheelhouse? It's not like, oh, uh, I'm a great coach or it doesn't matter what position you play. But what we've always said, tight ends and offensive linemen. Well, they got some Look big cats. They got line. some big cat offensive linemen. I'm looking like from Moore, Mooresville, uh, North Carolina, Lake Norman. Look at this cat, uh, 6'7", 325. Uh, my, and, and that's just coming out of high school. Look right there. Uh, I know Natchitoches Central, the Chiefs. Uh, st- uh, they probably still call the Chiefs. Uh, 6'3", basically 290. That's Joe Cryer. Uh, Everybody called him Big Hoss. Big Oss, you look uh, big uh, height wise. You always put more meat. Uh, Weston Davis from Beaumont, Texas, 6'6", 282. Uh, looking at another old lineman, uh, Kyrie uh, Lee Jr. from Harvard, right there on the West Bank. John, John Harrod, six six three hundred. So um, and Ori Williams, they ain't little. <laughs> he's six six three twenty from San Marcos, Texas. So man, the one thing Brian Kelly and Brad Davis, uh, the one thing. I'll say about Brad, he knows, and this is part of recruiting, because that's not much difference between if you rank 5th or 15th. Now, there is a cut, talent-wise, but there isn't much difference between... What are LSU's right now, about 11 or something? 11, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that range. But here's my deal. You can recruit all you want to recruit. you got to develop them now. Okay, two years ago, who was number one in the recruiting ranks? A&M, Texas A&M. And and, And what's happened? They didn't do anything. Everybody left. 
Okay, people say, oh, uh, Alabama and Georgia gets the best players. That might be true. Look how they develop them. Look all the guys yeah, that go into the NFL. Em, you got to get them and develop them. And so uh, that part of recruiting is one thing. Development is another. Because that's a big part of this game that a lot of people don't pay attention to, the developmental part. Okay, when's the last time Washington was in the top ten in recruiting? The Huskies, yeah, no, Washington Huskies, uh, maybe you might say, oh, well, that's in the Pacific Northwest. They don't get enough attention. Uh, but, Mike, I don't think they've ever been in the top 10. They might top 20, but not top 10. Okay, in recent years until Sark got there, who was a constant in the top five or six was Texas. The development part wasn't there. Sark and his crew, they develop in players. Not only recruiting well, developing them. Yeah, yeah, you have to develop them. Uh, and, and you can have all the five stars you want. Uh, but if you don't develop him, and they're like, oh, uh, he was unbelievable in high school, but yeah, but he has to, you got the progression. You go from high school to college, and then potentially all want to go to the NFL. But you have to develop, or uh, you're going to be uh, an also ran, and and they want to, you know, you'll be irrelevant. The key to this class, though, I think, all goes down to you can find a quarterback, and they got one, and he was an early commitment. That's the kid with from them. Florida. Yeah, Colin Hurley uh, from Trinity Christian High School, a uh, little over six foot, two fifteen. He's well built. Man, he he got a gun on him. He can put the football all over the field, and he's got some movement skills. Where's Mike? Is he from Jacksonville or somewhere? Uh, Trinity Christian High School. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. Florida yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he was an early commitment to them, and they've hung on to him. And <laughs> he had a lot of other schools after him. Well, uh, you know what? But I know one thing: Joe Sloan can coach quarterbacks. Well, uh, they can coach quarterbacks, but uh, you know what? LSU fans, Mike, uh, you know what they're thinking right now is that. Um, Okay, Bobby, that's all fine and dandy. I'm glad that's all the future of the team. But what about the damn defense? <laughs> you know, that's everybody wants well, to know. Well, and I you mean, won't hear anything about coordinator changes coaching or coaching changes on defense until after uh, uh, the bowl game. Mike, all I know is is that there's no year in any decade, 20th century, 21st century going forward, there's no decade or year that LSU should be ranked a hundred and fourth in total defense, Mike. That's unacceptable. A hundred and fourth in total defense, and you're giving up like basically four hundred ten yards uh, per game. Unacceptable. Uh, how can you not make changes? Come on. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seven Eight right after this break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over think your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. It's our Popeye's Wing Wednesdays review, preview. Popeye's, we don't make sense. We make chicken. Hey, you got to stop and pick up one of the five signature flavors of Popeye's Wings. Man, I love the garlic parmesan. It's my favorite, but we just finished eating some of the sweet and spicy. It's terrific. Last week, uh, I tried the honey barbecue for the first time. It was really, really good. Well, Mike, I like everything that's hot. Uh, So give me uh, the signature hot. Uh, ghost pepper wing. So if it's hot, uh, just uh, send it over here. Yeah, you you more on the hot side <laughs> of it than, than, than me. But, man, it, it's my favorite. The garlic parmesan, sweet and spicy. is really good. And, again, the honey barbecue, the ghost pepper wings, signature hot, all outstanding. Popeyes may not need to make sense because they make chicken, but, unfortunately, our teams can make decisions that don't make sense. So now it's third down and 12. Barkley is in. DeVito was in the line, now back into the shotgun. Three receivers to his right. Takes the snap. Saints bring four. But get pressure, and down he goes. Down goes DeVito. Tano Passanio. Bob did one of three quarterback sacks for Tano Passanio. He was outstanding. <laughs> you talk about if you want a highlight reel. It's that one, and that's the best game he's ever played, certainly as a Saints. In a Saints, Saints uniform, No sure. question about it. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, he came over from the Chiefs, and uh, but I tell you what, Mike, he had three sacks. Uh, look, also, uh, who was blocking him? Was anybody blocking He had three sacks, but he had four quarterback hurries, which led the team. He had two tackles for a loss, which tied uh, DeMario Davis. And, Mike, he was second in total tackles behind DeMario Davis with six. No, this is by far... Uh, his best game in a Saints uniform. Now, can we do that to Matthew Stafford come That's tomorrow night? That's the key, <laughs> uh, because you could see it really bothered Tommy DeVito, especially when he would give you kind of an outside move and then cut it hard inside. So DeVito couldn't walk up in the pocket. He couldn't take off because Pesano was right there, ready to make the play well, on uh, him. And Mike, the only thing different, uh, you might say, well, Matthew Stafford, no, he can't run like uh, Tommy DeVito. But the one thing, uh, he knows where to go with the ball quicker. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, Matthew Stafford could spin it, and that ball would be coming out. Well, you think, God, it was right there to get the sack, and he got rid of it. So all of a sudden, well, a potential sack ends up being like a quarterback hurry or something. But somehow, can we get uh, Matthew Stafford down on the ground and be interesting? Yeah, Bob, I think that's the key to the Morris game. Uh, again, we talked about it last week. It was basically to contain Saquon Barkley, not make him be the focal point on offense for the Giants as a runner and a receiver. Tomorrow night, it's real simple. It's Matt Stafford. you got to be able to affect his throws and get him uncomfortable in the pocket. And for a guy like Matt, um, he's not what you want to call a run, but he will scramble around a little bit, but you you know where he's at. He's not one that's going to take off and run with no, the football. He, now, now he can climb the pocket and have good pocket awareness, but he's not. If he's extending plays, Mike, it's to throw it's it. It's to throw it, it's not, not to run it's it. It's not to take off and run. And uh, what, uh, I'm a little concerned right now. Uh, the Rams are averaging 
33 points a game in its last four games. So look what they did on the road. They scored 31 at Baltimore. So if you score 27 or 28, I'm telling you that's amongst the best. Like, for instance, you look at the Saints. Uh, the last three weeks, they've scored 25 and a half points per game. I'm ecstatic with that. Uh, a little more than three points per game above their season average. So, uh, Mike, I think we can get it in a shootout as long as it's in the 20s. <laughs> and uh, if it's 30 Once some, it starts getting extended yeah, 30 some, 30 some, past I, 28. Uh, mm. I, I don't like our chances. So, But uh, I, I tell you what, Mike. And you look at uh, Popeyes and what, uh, what Passanio did. I mean, it didn't make sense because he's never had three sacks in a Saints uniform. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line doesn't make sense. And this is brought to you by Popeyes Fried Chicken. Look, uh, they don't make sense either. They just make chicken. And Passanio, uh, that didn't make sense that he got three sacks, but he got it done. So hopefully that's the case come tomorrow night. So if it's for lunchtime or if you're getting off of work this afternoon, Pick up a batch of the five, one of the five signature flavors. Or if you want to try all five, it, it's all great. Uh, the sweet and spicy garlic parmesan, the signature hot honey barbecue, the ghost pepper wings, all of them are great. And we got the weekend, all kind of football going on. So stop by in Popeye's and pick you up one of the five signature uh, wings that they have there. All of them are great. And then the sides, if it's the biscuits, which, man, I love the biscuits there. So I'm eating on one now, along with the fries, the mashed potatoes and gravy, everything great at Popeye's. Yeah, Mike, uh, the bottom line is uh, they don't make sense. Uh, they, they, but this is brought to you again by Popeye's Fried Chickens. They don't make sense either, but they make chicken, and they make chicken that we love. Who doesn't love fried chicken? I mean, I, I'm like— I mean, I, uh, maybe I don't eat fried food, uh, but if you just blindfold and you eat for the taste, I mean, how can you not like uh, Popeye's chicken? It's truly international. Well, there's back-to-back days you're eating fried uh, food. Yes. You've got to admit it. Yes, yes. No, and then uh, I shouldn't eat that every day, but it tastes so good. <laughs> That's our Popeye's Wings Wednesday Review Preview Popeye's. We don't make sense. We make chicken. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. And on our Oakwood Hardjulis talking text line, he's the beat writer for the Tulane Green Wave for the Times-Picayune New Orleans Advocate, also publisher of thewavereport.com, Gary Smith. Gary, man, it was an easy day for you, right? Nothing going on. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you just rode a boat, and uh, it's almost like a day off. But this is really the NFL draft uh, for college teams. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised as many signees today as they did uh, with the coaching change? Because I know in a lot of times there's a lot of loss uh, when a, mm-hmm. you have a coaching change. And a lot of times it's connection to assistant coaches, not necessarily mm-hmm. maybe to the head coach, to the assistant coach. I thought Tulane overall did a really good job and, and kept a number of those guys that they had been after for quite some time. 
Yeah, I, I think they did pretty well. You're right. It's an impossible situation. Yeah, you, Nick Saban couldn't go to a job and in in one and a half weeks get like a top rated recruiting class. That's just not the way it works. And you're right. The 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 connection with assistants and all that. This is going to be the lowest rated Tulane recruiting class since 2015. But having said all, which is a sh- you know, in some ways it's it's frustrating because this is a team that's won 23 games in the last two years and was you know had a chance to have a tremendous recruiting class if they didn't have a a, a coaching change. But I'm impressed with what John Summerall did because he had an impossible task <laughs> um, arriving just just last Monday to, to put this together. And he, he got some, he got some really good players right at, right at the end. Um, he, he, he convinced Jace Mitchell, um, Desterhans. Um, yes. I was going to ask you about him. A, yep. a guy who, he, who's committed to Cincinnati yeah, all the yeah. way. And he got him to flip today. That that's huge. He lost he, the highest rated player in the, in the class that, that Fritz had was a guy, Rodney Hill from Daytona beach, mainland and Tulane did lose him today to South Florida, but but so so what did Summerall do? He got one of his mainland teammates, Isaiah Shine, a defensive back who's rated almost as high as Rodney Hill. He wasn't on the radar. He got him to he got him he, he visited a bunch of Power Five schools. They got him to visit last weekend, and he signed with Tulane. So he he salvaged the most he could out of the situation that he inherited, and and I think and, and I don't think Tulane fans have to worry about any low relatively low rated recruiting classes in the future. Cause if this guy could do that in one week, just imagine what he's going to be able to do when he has actually, you know, assistants working for him who are actually going to be at Tulane next year, right. which he had none of this year, or maybe one or two. Um, I, yeah, he, it could have been a debacle and he, and it was far from that. Now, uh, Gary, uh, now with coach Fritz going to Houston, you know how the recruiting process and how, uh, you know, you can have an open date or whatever, how you constantly in, in contact with recruits. Was there any particular yeah. pay, player maybe that decided, uh, like, the connection uh, with Coach Fritz to go to Houston instead, or, or did that not really yeah. uh, come into fruition? They had a couple of guys that switched to Houston um, at the end, but that's to be expected. Yeah, I mean, I know Tulane fans have been all upset about poaching and tampering and all of that stuff. It's pretty natural for a guy <laughs> who's been recruited by a right. coaching staff to want to go play for that coaching staff. So I'm not really – that's, that's just – that's that's just a business. <laughs> that that's the reality. So Tulane did lose a couple of of, of, of players to to Houston, but you need that's that's right. really not anything. I just don't. I just don't. I can't. I just don't understand the the consternation over that. That's the way the business works. Yeah. So, so Gary, what's um, a realistic? If you talk to a Tulane fan, and obviously they always trust your knowledge uh, in the future, is it almost like uh, I don't know if you can do a year in and year out? but uh, maybe once every five years, whatever, to be uh, in the postseason. Like, uh, that had been an opportunity, yeah. you know, when they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl yeah. to, to slip in, at least be in the top 12, and you don't have yeah, that opportunity. But- it, would that be realistic right now going forward, considering how the playoff is structured, <laughs> that they could be a, a, a top 12 team uh, when all of a sudden uh, the season's over and you're going to have an opportunity now to be in the postseason? I, I don't see why not. If you'd asked me this two years ago, of course, I would have said you were crazy um, <laughs> to even suggest the possibility. And then, of course, you wouldn't have suggested the possibility. A couple <laughs> years ago in the, you in left the that place. other part out, <laughs> young Gary. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, no, it's, I mean, 
the American Athletic Conference is weaker now. There's no question about that. Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF left this year. SMU's leaving next year. It's still the best overall of the group of five conferences, and there's a spot for the champion in that thing. And 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 the other, but what really convinced me was that Tulane got John Sumrall as coach yeah. because this is a past. They never would have gone after him in the past because they would have been like, oh, he might leave in a couple of years. We don't want somebody who might leave. We want somebody right. who's going to stay for a long time. And you can't think that way. You want to get the best coach, and they got the best coach. And I, I see no reason why Tulane won't be competing for that possibility each year now. Obviously, it's hard to get to that spot, but Tulane's certainly going to be a contender most years, I believe, for that. Gary, isn't the key now, get into the transfer portal and yep. get yourself a starting quarterback. I, I think that's the key. The other part is um, a position that's real difficult to play, center. Okay, mm-hmm. you can recruit all you want, these high school young men. Very yeah. few guys can start at center as a freshman. Correct. Uh, my thing <laughs> is, go get me a guy that has started in college football and a starting center. Because that the other pieces of the offense, I think, can come together. And I know Summerall knows defense. Summerall really yeah. knows it. He'll get that straight. But those two pieces, for me, are the key. No doubt. You're, you're right. I mean, look, Sincere Hainsworth is, has started at Tulane almost his whole career, but he wasn't starting right off the bat at, at, as a freshman. You've got that. That is something that Tulane absolutely has to do. And I agree. Tulane needs to get a quarterback from the transfer portal. I'm not ruling out the possibility that Justin Ibietta, who's been on the roster for four years now and has had two torn labrums along the way, yeah. that he couldn't end up winning the job next year. But you can't you, you can't know that you, you've got to you've. To, and to compete for a championship, you have to have a really good quarterback, obviously. So I, I would be very surprised if Tulane doesn't hit the transfer portal and bring in a guy who they believe can be a starter. Secondary to me is another area where I think you can go out and get uh, some players. Uh, I saw some reports. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but Ladarius Webb Jr., and I know his dad, who was at Nichols mm-hmm. State, played a long time in the National Football League. Uh, his son was at Oklahoma State. Got mm-hmm. into the transfer portal. Is he coming to Tulane? He is. Now, nothing is official on those things until they actually, for those guys, until they're actually enrolled in January. But he's already, he, he is, he is on social media said he's coming to Tulane. So it's going to happen. Um, he, he, he did not, he, he was a JUCO All-American. He did not have a lot of success at Oklahoma State, only played in four games. But he's got the bloodlines. He's got, he, he, he's already, he, he's proven he can play. He, he will be in. And then they got another transfer, a defensive back who's, who started the last two years at Furman. And, and uh, yeah, he, he, they, they've, got, they've got a lot of holes to fill at, at defensive back. They're losing a lot of seniors yep. off, of the, off of this roster. They're losing a lot of really good players. And, no, that's an area I think we'll, we'll see a, a couple more. They also hit it hard. Six of the, they, only, they have 15 signees, and six, six of them are defensive backs, plus the two transfers coming in. <laughs> so it, it, it's a position that uh, Summerall knew he needed to address. Do you think they'll be much more aggressive this year than any other year in the portal? I mean, and I know Willie dabbled a little bit in it, but this Mm -hmm. seems to be because you have so many high school, uh, not as many, that you Mm -hmm. would dabble more into the transfer portal. I think it's a possibility. I just don't know John Summerall well enough and his philosophy 
when he's coming to Tulane to tell you 100% that that's what he's going to do. But I know he wants to win. <laughs> and right. and the transfer portal is where it did. It, the first – Willie Fritz – Tulane didn't do a whole lot in the transfer portal early on, but the last two years their hit rate was incredibly high yeah. in, in bringing in guys. And, um, yeah, I, I would expect um, I would expect John Summerall to, to do that because, like you said, he, he wants to win now. He doesn't want to wait. No, he's he's used to winning. You know, he, uh, there ain't yeah. no tap on the brake with him. Uh, no. Assistant coaches from Troy, that seems to be the next sort mm-hmm. of thing to happen here that, you know, once they get settled yeah. straight there, that he is going to bring in maybe four to five assistant coaches I, from Troy. I would think so. Their bowl game is this Saturday. Um, that's, you know, and he's already said he's not doing anything until then. And it, it may be one more now because I, I did learn in the last two hours that um, Gerald Chapman, a defensive line coach, who who I thought there'd be a pretty good chance that he would stay at Man, Tulane. I like Gerald. I think he's a damn good coach. But, boy. He just, he just, he just took a job at the University of Florida. So he's <laughs> That may be a one-year uh, one yeah, and that, punch in and punch move. out. That's a risky move right there going to Florida. Their recruiting classes sort of tanked this week and that was the one thing that the, that their coach had going for him there um so but that 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 is gonna that is gonna happen so yeah i, I think there's gonna be a wholesale transition of of, of troy assistant coaches because they, they went they went when they hired their head coach they hired notre dame's offensive coordinator they went out of they they didn't hire somebody who had connections to the school so i i, I think Soon after that bowl game ends on Saturday, we're going to be hearing about a lot of coaches joining Tulane staff. Yeah, Gary, I was going to go uh, along those lines. Um, you look Tulane against Virginia Tech. Uh, what, what, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? If you, what's realistic expectation if you're a Wave fan? And and obviously, uh, boy, uh, when you look at last year, that, that was the, the yeah. best in Tulane history. You win the Cotton Bowl against USC, and then now, uh, I mean, so I mean, I don't know. You just have a just a hard fought game, or what? I mean, it, you know, it, it it's tough. It, they are, the players and coaches are saying all the right things that they're not distracted at all, that they're totally committed to winning, and I think they believe they are. But it's tough in that situation. They're going against a Virginia Tech team that got hot at the end of the year, whose coaching staff is coming back. They're riding a lot of momentum. I, I will say this. Tulane has enough players. Their defensive line is still they, – they lost really Darius good. Hodges. But their defensive line, the players that are playing, since they're allowing a couple of the guys that went into the transfer portal to play in the game, they're still loaded on the defensive line. They've, the concern is they're, they're just limited at wide receiver the same way they were against SMU in the, in the conference championship game because they've, they've lost all their speed guys. And you, you figure Virginia Tech's going to load the box with eight guys and say, Makai Hughes, try to beat us. Um, you can't beat us. Try to right. beat us with your receivers who aren't proven. And Tulane's going to have to do a hell of a lot better job than they did against either SMU or, honestly, UTSA the previous week where Tulane got a lot of turnovers and <laughs> and took control of that game early but didn't even complete ten passes. So, yeah, I, it, the hope you got to hope that the team's going to be incredibly focused. Tulane – Tulane can do something they've never done in their history, which is finish in the top 25 in back-to-back years. Never happened before. If they win the bowl game, they'll do. They'll be there. But I, I think it's a tough ask. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's been a long day for you, and uh, still more to come because the transfer portal stuff. Man, it keeps yeah. this alive. And in February, <laughs> uh, that'll be the last question. Do you think uh, more high school signees in February? 
maybe a couple there may be, and they may sign a quarterback tomorrow. There was a quarterback commitment who did not sign today. I think okay. Tulane may be trying to get somebody else. And if they don't get somebody else, they'll, <laughs> um, they'll, they'll announce that. But I don't think I, you know, the transfer portal is where it's at now. And uh, I don't think we'll be seeing, you know, it, if they can get a stud to come in in the next month that hadn't signed anywhere, then absolutely that'll do it. But they'll be very selective. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, buddy. You do a fantastic job. Thanks for having All me right. on. Thanks, Gary. That was Gary Smith, who covers the Tulane Green Wave, does a great job for the uh, Advocate Times Picayune. We'll be back to finish it up here in our number one on Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break. We're finishing up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Avery. I'm going to read a text. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I know we've talked about it before. He was asking about it. Mike, to what degree do you think the liberal transfer rules devalue the importance of high school recruiting and signing day? Right now, it seems as though if you miss a guy coming out of high school, there's a chance that student-athlete's going to leave wherever school signs him so year what? to year or every two years. Well, Michael, that is true. Who's the guy from University High, the defensive back, that uh, went to A&M, now he's back in LSU, it, exactly. and, and, and he's ecstatic uh, to be in Baton Rouge? Yeah, it's Jordan Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm like, I mean, what? No, listen, now, if I'm a high school parent, or and I have a, a player who can play college football. You know what I'm telling them? Uh, if you don't go to the school maybe you'd like to be recruited by, just go somewhere and play and kick ass. And then you can always transfer, and, and that school will want you because you have experience. No, Mike, the high school player, uh, they don't take precedence over a college player who's been there, done that, and they have the experience. Okay, It don't matter what the position. Who it helps, and I know Tim Rebo and I have talked about this a lot, it helps the nickel states, the Southeasterns, the ULs, uh, Grambling Southern. It helps them. Now, you might have a stud player go there. He plays a couple years and says, you know what? Well, i got an SEC school after me. Well, okay, thank him for the two years or the one year, and you got to move on. That's the way college sports are today. It is truly year to year. Uh, Mike, the starting cornerback, uh, his name slipped on my mind, from Southeastern and went to LSU. Zai Alexander. Uh, uh, okay, uh, he kicked butt at Southeastern. Did he stay in Southeastern? Uh, in the past, he would have because that's your options. But what he does, he goes to Southeast and LSU. Okay, no, look at Jarius Monroe. Was that Nichols? I covered him there. He transferred to Tulane, became a starter there for a couple years. No, that's the future of college football. So you got to change. You got to change. Uh, don't be miserable and don't develop an ulcer because you don't like the, the game to where the direction is heading because that's the way it's heading. If you love college football and you want to watch, you just have to embrace where we're at right now, the way the game's going. Okay, this isn't your grandpa's world. Or your dad's oh, world of college sports. It is a different world. But use the rules to your advantage. Hey, well, that's why if anyone's poo-pooed how the game has changed. Uh, look, Billy Cannon, what year did he win the Heisman? 59. Uh, yeah, 59. Okay, timeout. Uh, didn't LSU benefit from Ohio State and Joe Burrow and, and uh, Jane Daniels, uh, Arizona, Arizona State? State? Come on. Come on. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.